Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, sometimes knitting, what I'm reading and watching, a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 71. Welcome. Welcome back, friends, or welcome if this is your first time. How are you guys doing? We are in the middle of July 2021 here and we are getting into the heart of summer, which is why it really makes no sense that the cup of tea that I have today is a hot tea, but I'm recording this in the morning. Just um, some simple Harney and Sons um, green loose leaf tea is, um, is what's hitting the spot this morning, but there will be iced tea later on today for sure. Um, is it hot where you are? Well, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, I guess it's not. So you're right in the middle of winter doing all your cozy things, which also sounds really fun right now. But uh, here in Southern California, we are in for a bit of a heat wave. Um, so we're just staying inside, being doing our outside things in the morning and staying in um, during the day. So, you know, that's just what, what summer is here. And I am continuing to adjust to just having the three of us here. If you're a regular listener, you know that um, we recently had all three kids here, um, even a couple of animals and pets have passed away, kids have moved away. So it's just my husband and my college bound son left in the house for the summer. And it is an adjustment. I'm mostly having to adjust to how much less food we need in this house um, than when you basically have five adults. Um, Also, my husband and I do intermittent fasting, so we don't need breakfast foods. And then um, my son, who's still here, he's working and he's going out with friends. And so he's not here for a few dinners a week. And just, I sit down, I I meal plan weekly is my, my way to do things. And Um, I have spent some time building up our pantry, building up our stores of um, canned food, you know, canned tomatoes and tuna and, you know, just all those kinds of staples, either just from shopping at Trader Joe's where I do or at Costco. Um, And so those are, those stores is like shot, you know, just having your own little grocery store there. So every week I just pretty much need um, like fruits and vegetables and, and a few things. And we're like three weeks in a row here where we've hardly needed a weekly grocery shop except for the produce. And it's um, just, it's it's a whole new world for, for me because we were going through, I just could not even keep up on the food uh, a year ago. So, um, so that's been really interesting. Um, also, there's just, I can't quite figure out why because my two children that have moved um, into their own apartment um, it's not like they required a lot of my time, but there was, there's something, maybe it's just school being out or whatever. Um, I just have a lot more free time in that. And I'm adjusting to that. I'm trying to learn to use that time. Well, um, it, I'll talk about that, I guess a little bit more later, but yeah, it's, um, you know, trying to stay off social media, which has been a complete failure, <laughs> but yeah, just really trying to make the most of this time that we all wish that we had when our kids were little and we were just running, running, running constantly. Um, now that I've got the time, I'm like, okay, what do I want to do with this time? Um, and so that's been kind of an interesting experiment. I'm mostly at this point really just trying to embrace living slow, just slowing down, 
Um, and in some ways, not really resenting some of the chores that I need to do, the cleaning, even um, keeping the refrigerator stocked with things like I, I make kombucha. Um, I like to always have hard boiled eggs on hand, trying to just have some things that are easy for my, my son to, healthy things for my son to grab. And even though those are chores, what I try to think to myself is, what what else could you be doing? I mean, I have plenty of time to read. I don't need to be on social media. So you, you know, you in some ways want to fill your days with things that I used to think of as chores, but now I just think of nice ways to spend time. <laughs> but yeah, just basically I'm slowing down. I've spent, um, I'm scheduling in at least one weekly visit with a friend. Um, I was not particularly great about keeping up with friendships. Um, during uh during the pandemic and so now i'm really just trying to um friday afternoons is just kind of my scheduled time to um to go have coffee with a friend and i'm just kind of rotating through them and um it's been great i actually had dinner um with a friend we did a a belated um (laughs) covid birthday dinner where you know we used to usually take each other out for our birthdays and we just did one nice big catch-up dinner at this very nice restaurant in Westlake on a lake. It was very nice. And um, the fun thing about that is after dinner, we were just walking around the lake because, you know, we just still had a lot to talk about and it was too early to go back home. And um, I had a celebrity sighting. I saw Jamie Foxx in the parking lot driving a Rolls Royce SUV, which I didn't know existed, but I'm a little surprised that I recognized Jamie Foxx, but I just looked him right in the face and went, oh, that's Jamie Foxx. So that was kind of a a fun little thing. But yeah, just making an effort to, um, to do the things that I've always wanted to do. Year, a couple years ago, um, in January, I did this um, workbook called Power Sheets. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, this half year mark is a really good time. I just kind of revisited it. I only bought it once, to be honest with you. And then I just go through the prompts at the beginning and the middle of each year. And one of the questions that I thought was really interesting and that I like thinking about is what do you want your life to look like when you're 80 or and and what types of things do you want to like have done by the time you're 80 and and really when it gets down to it what's important when you're 80 um having friends you know being social um, being healthy being able to still you know exercise and move and do activities that you find fun having an engaging engaging hobby so these are all things that you know we can work on now to make sure to, to enjoy now but also to make sure that those things are in place when we get to 80 so so anyway so that's kind of the what's been going on around here um, so let's get on to um, the quilting segment but before we do um, I would like to thank the Fat Quarter Shop for sponsoring the podcast The Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, notions, and even cross-stitch supplies. The July basic of the month is Blossom by Riley Blake. Every month, the Fat Quarter Shop has a basic that's 20% off, and it is a great way to build your stash. I love this Blossom print. Um, It's in a regular dot pattern that is a perfect blender. It's kind of a semi-solid, and personally, I love to use it as a quilt back. It comes in a lot of different colors, so you're sure to find one that's going to complement the quilt you're working on. And um, so, yeah, definitely check out the 20% off, so affordable, Blossom print by Riley Blake. I'll put a link in the show notes. 
on to quilting. What are you guys working on? I always love to see what you guys are working on when you share in the Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group. So definitely be sharing there. Um, I mentioned last podcast that after, you know, a long time of not having a dedicated sewing space, I got my machine set up and I sat down and I didn't quite know what to do. <laughs> didn't have a plan. So I did go through my plant quilt. I think I'm going to talk about this last time. And I went through all my works in progress and I made a list and made a list of some quilts I've been meaning to make. And then, um, promptly did not make any of them but what I did do was also something I've been wanting to do for a while and that is play around with some improv quilting. I have a class that I'm taking on Creative Spark which is the um, sort of online course section of CT Publishing and I have a class called Artful Improv Permission to Play by Cindy Grisdella. I've talked about this class on an earlier podcast where I reviewed it and I stand by what I said then which is the content is amazing it comes with the ebook that um, goes with this I think probably also called artful improv um, the my only the only downside of it is that it was definitely one of those classes that was filmed early on in the pandemic where people were doing things on their own in their own homes by themselves and so the the lighting and and audio is um, not you know like craftsy quality but it doesn't really distract from the content so I pulled out um, some scraps solids not even scraps just my solids which you know I don't really have anything bigger than a fat quarter which you might just think that qualifies as a scrap um, I pulled out the solids and first thing I did was just played around with a few color palettes and that was that was fun she talks a lot about color and having um, what she calls a spark you know if you have a color palette then you have something that really you know contrasts kind of a zing a spark and uh, you know I've talked a lot about how I struggle with color a little bit a lot who am I kidding <laughs> and so I played around I came up with like three different just as an exercise just coming up with color palettes with of um, five um, pieces of fabric and some were cool with like a spark of warm or the opposite um, and uh, came up with some things that I like that I enjoyed and took photos of them and then put all of those um, you know those those three little palettes that I created actually worked very nicely together so I just put pulled aside those fabrics and put away the rest of them and like so I'm going to play around in this class with this color palette and um, she starts off by doing what she calls angled stripes or strips I'm not really sure which I'm not sure which one it is actually um, and she gives some you know directions for doing that and and that was fun and now I'm on to um, improv log cabins and um, I've only made one and I want to sit down and do another one today I think I learned early on or I learned by making this first one that I tried to do too much you know what's kind of fun when you see these is they're they're not only kind of wonky in their shape but you can have instead of being one fabric as being a full log you can do some insets you can cut up um, other pieced um, you know things that you've made and, and so there's a little bit more interest and I I went a little overboard on using pieced logs so I think it's a little too busy at least for my taste I mean it's fine but so there's the learning right it's just playing I don't even know if I will ever use any of this anywhere does not matter 
Um, I've been saying for years that I just want to play and especially play around in the improv arena. So I'm, I'm finally doing that. So that's been fun. That's been fun. I've got a mess sitting on my dining room table. <laughs> and it's been a while since uh, I've had a, a sewing mess in that space. So that's actually been really nice. Um, but I have still been, been mulling about what is my, you know, next actual machine quilt project. And, and I'm not sure. Um, I'm still playing around with the idea of doing a, a granny square quilt. Someone on the internet is doing a rainbow granny quilt along. Um, and I kind of got wind of that. Um, honestly, I'm not really sure I want to buy a pattern. I know how to make a granny square, but, um, she is, um, you know, kind of going through scraps and, and doing a rainbow version. So there's, you know, like you pull out your orange scraps and you do a few orange blocks and you do, you know, just go through the rainbow, go through your scrap bin. And then you can, when you arrange it, um, you know, you can do kind of a, a color wash, a Roy G. Biv type of arrangement. And that's kind of interesting. The other thing that I um, have seen when I look through that hashtag was um, something that I've always wanted to do. And that's that she's using, instead of just um, like a, a single color um, background color, you know, using some low volume. And I've got a whole bin of low volume fabrics that I've always wanted to either do a low volume quilt or just do a um, low volume, you know, print, um, background on a quilt. And so that seemed like that could be kind of fun. If you do go the scrappy route with a granny square, then you just, you do have to cut all your squares, um, you know, whatever size, two and a half inches or however, you know, big you're going to make your, your block where the granny square quilt that I have done in the past was done with strip piecing, which is so much faster. <laughs> Um, but you know, I'm in no rush here. So, so I'm playing around with that. I love the idea of using, um, the fabric in my stash. I have built a stash. I have curated my stash. I have gotten rid two rounds of getting rid of fabric that, um, I know that I'm not really going to use. And so instead of just, you know, buying new fabric and using fat quarter bundles and things like that, I just, I really want to think about using that. So still mulling, but as I'm talking about this, I'm thinking you totally need to make some granny square blocks from your, you know, from your scraps, single, you know, not, you know, like a, say you've got a blue, it's like, you know, you can have lots of different blue prints in there and then the low volume, different prints, like super scrappy. That sounds like fun. So I'm, I, I think I might work on that. Um, after I posted last, uh, the last podcast, I realized that I didn't talk about the fact that I finished the brush strokes quilt, um, which is a quilt that I used, uh, paintbrush studio solids. Absolutely love those solids. I used, um, those solids on my rooftop wonders quilt, which I post a while ago from my youngest son. And then I had scraps from that. So I did the brush strokes quilt from Shiner's view. Um, which I'm not sure if it still is, but um, it used to be a free pattern that you would get when you sign up for her um, newsletter. So um, if you want that pattern and, and you, if that's not available that way, let me know and I'll reach out to her. She moved to the UK and is setting up a gorgeous sewing room. So, you know, I don't know what the situation is, but I'm sure we could work something out if you um, want that. So I will post that. I posted that on Instagram. So follow me on Instagram for if you want to see those types of finishes, but I'll put it in the show notes too. Um, so that was for my middle son who just moved out. So he got to take a quilt with him and, um, and that was really fun. And then I also 
posted another photo that I made him take with me at the same time as we took that one is my scrappy trip quilt that I made uh, you know like a year ago and finished but never posted because I am terrible about things like that and um that is the um it's using the fabric line called Bloom from Cottonville, which you can just get on Amazon, but they had given me a fat quarter, not a fat quarter, a jelly roll. And I wanted to do a quilt that you could easily do with a jelly roll. So um, that was fun and easy. I talked about it on other podcasts. Um, I probably should have made it a little bit bigger. So if you really want to really see the scrap, the the trip around the world pattern emerge, but I just had the one. And so um, I made kind of a smaller quilt, which I think might be perfect. We have a, um, a lap quilt ministry at my church. It's mostly knitted quilt, or you know, which it's not a lap quilt. It is a lap blanket ministry. And, um, but this seems like this would be a really nice quilt um, for either a child or maybe like if you're in a wheelchair or something. I mean, it's not tiny. It's, I don't know, it's maybe 48 by 48. Um, but when you see it from a distance, and so the, I'll put a link in the show, I'll put a picture in the show notes, but it's also on Instagram. Um, just the patterns that emerge, and there's a navy in that line, and it just pops in these just various areas. And so I'm, I'm really happy with how that how that came out. Um, other than that, I'm still mostly hand quilting. So we finished up the handpiece quilts along for this year. And oh my gosh, so many amazing quilts. Um, if you're interested, there's a blog post on my blog called The Parade of Quilts, where everyone who linked up, um, you know, we've, we're showcasing their quilts um, between my blog and Patty over at Elm Street Quilts blog. And just so many different ways to color up a pattern. It's just it's truly amazing. And, um, and it was fun. We've done all the grand prizes. People got such amazing prizes. We had great sponsors. So that was really fun. Um, but so I'm hand quilting that quilt, my version, my, um, my big throw version, I actually had long armed and I did finish that. And I'm super sad that I forgot to put my, my label on it. I have those little satin labels that you just sew into the binding from Ever Emblem. And um, I forgot to sew it in, and now I don't really want to unpick my binding to do that. So that's sad. But anyways, I'm hand quilting the the wall hanging version of this, and I'm just doing a cross hatch. And I'm using, um, well, I started using tape. This is usually my my way to do it is to use masking tape. I have some masking tape. Most of the stuff I have is an inch, but I have some inch and a half thick tape that I basically have because it's a really good way to stick a quilt up on the wall. It's like super heavy duty masking tape. And, um, but it's an inch and a half, which seemed like a pretty doable um, spacing. So I'm going one direction now diagonally and then I'll go the other. But I was just on Instagram this morning or somewhere in the internet world and real, and somebody mentioned using a Hera marker. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have this fabulous hair marker and it would be so much nicer to sit there um, and quilt with a, um, a, a, a crease instead of this big neon green piece of tape. I'm just, you know, I'm very, um, you know, I'm a little snowflakey. I want everything that I'm working on to be visually really nice. And the tape works really well. I just, I just quilt right next to the edge of the tape. But I realized today that I'm going to pull out that hair marker and I'm going to use that. If you don't know what a hair marker is, it is, it's like, it's a specific tool. You can get um, like a plastic one from Clover. 
Um, and it's almost like a, a knife that's got, you know, a, an edge on it, not an edge that would cut your fabric, but, but would crease it really well, like, like a butter knife. And I actually had this set of gorgeous tools from Modern American Vintage. I actually won a giveaway. And what they're, so Modern American, Modern American Vintage, it, they are woodworkers. And so I have a beautiful hair marker and a seam ripper and a um what is this called it's the thing you use for poking out your corners when you've sewn something and then you flip it you know right side out and you need to make the corner square um it's one of those and they are wooden and they um have been sanded and they're smooth and they feel great in your hands and i and when i won the the giveaway i got this beautiful handwritten note which explained how to care for them and um so anyways i have pulled this out i'm holding it in my hand right now and i am going to use a hair marker to mark my next stitching line and i think i'm gonna um convert over to that so that that you know i just i love using beautiful tools and um so this is just going to be right up my alley I'm also really glad to have some handwork projects because in a couple weeks um, I'm going to be going on vacation. I'm headed over to this lake in Washington State. I'm so looking forward to it. And I love having some kind of handwork to work on the uh, the plane or while I'm there. Actually, two years ago when we went, I was super into knitting. And... Um, and I, so I packed some knitting and some hand piecing and something happened. I needed to rearrange things um, in my bag and I took the knitting out to do something and I forgot to put it back in so I didn't have my knitting. And I was so mad about not having the knitting, I didn't work on the hand piecing at all. It's like I was punishing it. <laughs> but this year I'm into the hand quilting and haven't been knitting at all. Um, so yeah, but that'll be great. I've even, If I finish this quilt, which I will not in the next week, I've even got another uh, quilt that I'm in the middle of hand quilting so it's always good to have some handwork. All right let's talk about books. I love it when you guys share with me what you've been reading and definitely continue to do that over in the Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group which I have not been great about posting in but feel free to post what you are sewing, reading, watching, things you're doing in your house. We love to hear it all. So last episode, I talked about that I have gotten back on a Jeffrey Archer kick, and um, and I am still, I am like re-listening to the Clifton Chronicles on Libby on audio. I, could, I just, you know, it is so much fun. <laughs> Those books are like candy. I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but um, I sent my dad the first book in the Clifton Chronicles, and... Um, which if you, I've talked about this series a million times, so excuse me if you've heard me say this before. Written by Jeffrey Archer, it's one of those you know epic family things. I don't know, I don't even know how many books, like maybe seven or eight books, and it follows some a kid um, named um, Harry Clifton from when he's a child all the way till he's an old man, and um, I told my dad about this, and I've been telling him about this book series for years and I finally on Father's Day sent him the first one and then when I talked to him the next weekend he had finished the first three and had bought the whole series went to a used bookstore and just found them all <laughs> so so that's the kind of series we're talking about you just want to read one after another and I have read or listened to them you know I, uh, three or four times at this point um it's just like a really easy audiobook for me to listen to especially if I can't sleep but he has a new series called the William Warwick series and it's so much like the Clifton Chronicles because it is 
the books that the character Harry Clifton in the Clifton Chronicles is writing. So Jeffrey Archer wrote that series. The first one is called Nothing Ventured. The second one is called Hidden in Plain Sight. And I've knocked back both of those. Loved them. Um, and I'm on hold for the third one at, at the library called Turn a Blind Eye. So William Warwick is a, um, he's a detective. So they are detective stories. And um, the characters are very much like the ones in the Clifton Chronicles. Um, but uh, in this case, so William Warwick comes from a um, wealthy or at least very comfortable, highly educated family. His dad is a, um, a barrister and wants him to, you know, sort of follow in the family business. But he wants to be a policeman and um, eventually, you know, he wants to be a detective and um so he's constantly you know butting heads with his dad and um yeah it's just it's a it's a really fun book if you like mysteries so um been reading those but the two other books that i've been really enjoying and i'm not done with either but i'm going to recommend them anyways the first one is called life reimagined by barbara bradley haggerty as always um, over on my blog, Simple Handmade Every Day, um, I will have links to all of these books. So you don't even have to worry about writing them down. So um, Barbara Bradley Haggerty is an NPR reporter who hit um, midlife. She's, you know, basically in her early 50s, had some health issues, had some, her mom had some health issues, which just really made her curious about making the most of midlife and i think um, midlife d defined as somewhere between 45 and 65 which i suspect hits a lot of my, the demographic of this podcast pretty squarely between the eyes and um so this book is a combination of memoir and science and so it's a really nice balance of um trying to figure out how to thrive, not just survive, but thrive in midlife and set yourself up for aging well, for being happy and engaged um, as we, you know, move through midlife and, you know, into being older. <laughs> and um, in some ways, the the findings, I'm not even, I, I'm not even halfway through this book, but so far the findings are, are not, you know, exactly shattering. It's what we all know, but to read the science and the experiments and the, and people's experiences really bring everything into full view and so i'm just going to say spoiler what matters in in real life and what helps people to age well and even stave off disease are relationships love and relationships it's those connections it's having a having a purpose for getting out of bed in the morning it is for being engaged in your life into hobbies you enjoy into giving back into society but she talks a lot about how these types of activities can actually stave off alzheimer's cancer it can even with people with diagnoses can help them live longer so anyways um i'll probably be talking about this on the next few podcasts because i'm really enjoying it um so again that's called life reimagined 
And um, the other fiction book that I'm reading is called The Restoration of Celia Fairchild by Marie Bostwick. It's her new book. Now, you might know Marie Bostwick for her, what's it called? The Cobbled Court uh, Quilt Series. And then the series, it was an offshoot of that. And I can't think what it was called, but it was about that woman in Texas who had a quilting show. Those are all really fun. Love Marie Bostwick. Um, this book is a little bit different. It's got nothing to do really with quilting. It has a little bit to do with knitting. I'm actually only about halfway, but it is about a young person. Well, how old is she? I think she's in her mid thirties. So I mean, to me, that's young. <laughs> um, a woman, she's recently divorced and she has a column kind of like a Dear Abby column called Dear Calpurnia and she's very successful um, with that and through various uh, life-changing things she um, loses her job but she inherits a house in a historic house in Charleston South Carolina and but it's a mess and so she sets about restoring this house and in and she's making big changes in her life she's recently divorced she would like to adopt a baby um, but she's going back to this house that she knew maybe even grew up in for a certain period of time from her childhood um, and so she is forging new friendships learning new skills um, knitting as I said kind of um, plays a role in this and so the idea here is I'm sure that she's restoring herself as well as this house. And um, it's very, it's a very fun read. Um, it's, it's just been delightful so far. So definitely check that out. The Restoration of Celia Fairchild. Now let's move on to TV shows. You know, I checked the show notes from the last podcast to see what I talked about. So I didn't repeat and I've got a problem. <laughs> and that is that I'm still watching the same shows. Um, I'm enjoying Land Girls. I think I'm just about to start season three of that. So if you didn't listen to the last podcast, Land Girls is about the the land army. This is, of course, English. It's a, a British World War II time frame where they had the um, land. I don't know exactly what the official name is, but it's this um, the, the official land army. And it was women who volunteered their time to go work on farms. Um, to do their part, do their bit for the war because um, so many, you know, men had been called up to fight in the war. And um, which, you know, it's just kind of fun because they're not all women that you uh, would think that would want to do work like this. And so it's a bit of an adjustment for them. And um, it's very much, it reminds me in some ways of the show Home Fires that I've talked about many times. Um, I would give Home Fires a little bit. If you had to pick one, I'd say watch Home Fires. <laughs> But Land Girls has been, it's been definitely fun. I've been watching that while I've been doing a lot of the, my hand quilting. Um, so that's been fun. I did watch a, a recent YouTube video from Diane in Denmark. Um, you've heard me talk about her before. She is the woman that makes the Fly Lady cleaning system so doable. Um, and so I, I do enjoy her channel. And so I just popped in for, I don't watch it every day the way I used to, but she was talking about shows that she's enjoying. And she also is enjoying the Broken Wood Mysteries, which I've talked about before, which is, as, as she said, it's like Midsummer Murders set in New Zealand, only a hundred times better. And I don't know if I agree with a hundred times better, but um, it's definitely less of a, um, I don't know what do I want to say, slightly less of a lightweight show than Midsummer Murders, but not as, um, say, you know, grisly as, I don't know, Hinterland or 
line of duty or something. So that's a, it's a very nice mix. So um, definitely check that out. I watch it on Acorn. I don't know where else you can, you know, people can see things in different places. Um, my husband and I were looking for a new show and we started watching Succession um, because we have a, an HBO subscription right now. And um, I've kind of honestly given up on it. It's, um, it's definitely, it's kind of compelling, but they do a ton of swearing and um, basically absolutely nobody's a good person. <laughs> it's it's based on, uh, honestly, I think it's roughly based on the Murdoch family um, of real life. But, um, you know, it's this old guy who is very, very rich. He owns a gazillion media outlets and newspapers and he's old and not well. And he's got the four one two three four kids and it's like who is going to take over this empire um and and will he ever give the empire up and um so it, you know it's kind of a, a compelling storyline but um basically i have to have a good guy to root for and there's nobody good in that show and i just honestly can't even handle the language and stuff so i've given that up um and to as an antidote to that, my husband and I are rewatching Madam Secretary, which is um, on Netflix. And I talked about this in years ago podcast. It is absolutely one of my all time favorite shows. It shows it has a strong leading woman. It portrays the one of the very best TV marriages that I've ever seen. So Taya Leone is um, Secretary of State. Her husband is Tim Daly that you might remember from Wings <laughs> as her husband, as a as the hunky college professor of theology. <laughs> They've got three kids. And um, so it's a little bit like the West Wing um, in that you get the politics um, of it, but it's all very foreign relations because she's Secretary of State. And where the West Wing is like, you know, a little bit more of an ensemble type thing, it very much focuses on, on her and her family and whatever the crisis of the episode is, um, which often sort of mimics, um, you know, political situations that have happened, um, foreign relations incidents that have happened in the past. So oh, that is, it's like a breath of fresh air. I'm so, I'm enjoying that Madam Secretary rewatch. Also last episode, um, I talked about it being the the sort of the summer of self-care. It's the summer that I'm investing in myself as, you know, it's a very transitional time for me. Um, you know, I'm going to be empty nesters come September and just, you know, trying to figure stuff out. And um, as frivolous as it sounds, I have totally gotten into doing my nails. Um, and one thing is that when you hand sew, you look at your hands all the time. Even when you machine sew, you look at your hands all the time. I've never been one that really took care of my nails. Okay, I will say that when I was in high school, I was super into acrylic nails to the point where I learned how to do them myself. Um, man, did they just, the acrylics completely destroyed destroyed my nails. And while I do love going to get a pedicure, I only very rarely get a manicure and it's only to sort of reset. Okay, my nails are super ragged and they will, you know, make the cuticles all look good and kind of do a reset. And I'll do that like twice a year. Um, so I've never really been into it, but um, I succumbed to the uh, internet, <laughs> social media advertising of Olive in June. And I talked about this last episode, but I broke down and I bought the Manny system, um, which I, w I felt 
conflicted about, about whether I needed to buy the whole system. And I actually have to say that I'm really glad I did because it's very nice to have, um, if you watch how all the gazillion videos out there of how they do a manicure, which is just a little bit different, um, it's very nice to have all the tools that they're talking about. And, um, and they are they're long lasting manicures. Now I do not have great nails. They do not have great shapes. And my problem consistently with my nails is that they peel. And, um, and so some people say they can get two weeks out of an Olive and June manicure. And that is never going to happen for me for a number of reasons. One is that my hands are in water, cleaning, cooking, things like that. Um, and I don't like to wear gloves so that, you know, I just have to know that about myself, but they are some of the longest lasting manicures I've had. And, and basically the only place they really, the manicure starts to chip off is where my nails are, have, have peeled underneath. So I'm sort of looking forward to taking better care of my nails, protecting them and getting those peeled parts, um, kind of, uh, grown out. And, and it's funny, I took my nail polish off the other day and I, they felt really naked. Like I don't almost ever wear nail, nail polish, but all of a sudden I'm this kind of person. It's like, if it doesn't have some nail polish, um, they feel naked and like really vulnerable. <laughs> um, the other thing that's kind of interesting is when I hand sew, um, the way my hands work is the, the needle runs across my left, I'm right-handed across my left thumbnail to the point where I'm really, if I'm hot and heavy into hand piecing, I kind of wear a groove into that nail and, um, or I scratch the surface of the nail. And what's been nice is having some decent nail polish on it. Even it, it will, I, it will kind of wear on the nail polish, but I have not through all the hours of hand quilting have not worn a groove on my nail in the same way. Um, I should also say that I'm not into really outrageous nail colors. My favorites are just called, um, they're shears. So they just have this, is this very light pink. You can still see the, the whites of my nails. Um, it's called, the color I'm using right now is called CCT. Um, and, and I want to actually experiment by buying, um, I'm going to invest in another color of sheer. This is a pink one. There's more of a beigey one. And people say great things about their, um, nail strengthener, which I think I could use. So, um, so anyways, I'm, if sometimes when I don't quite know what to do with myself, I'll just go sit out on the patio, put on, um, land girls and give myself a manicure. And that's kind of nice because they really want you to, to give some, like one, after one layer of nail polish, they want you to wait like five or 10 minutes, which is not so bad when you're watching a fun show. So they also have just come out with this whole pedicure system, which I am curious about, but to be honest with you, I just went and got a pedicure yesterday, my vacay pedicure. Um, and I just, you know, I really love getting pedicures, but I kind of realized yesterday, you know what, they're expensive. You really should start to do this yourself, but they do such a nice job of, again, on cuticles and on my heels and things like that. But, um, I think I could learn to love that. So I might buy that pedicure system. I'm not, not sure yet. Um, but last time I told you that I've been sort of, you know, looking at the Olive and June stuff for a long time, but it seemed a little pricey. I've kind of figured out now that, um, it will pay for itself in two manicures or two pedicures. So, and then it'll last for a gazillion more. So that's kind of what your return on investment is. But anyways, I did reach out to them and now I've got, I've got a referral code. So I get a little bit of affiliate income. So if you do think about you doing it, please click over to the 
show notes and click over to them with my link so that um so that i can get sort of let's just say credit for sending you over there and if you buy a system um a uh, manny system or a petty system if you use the code simple 20 you get 20 percent off and that's how i got into it the first time is i used the lazy genius code and that makes it a little bit easier to deal with um i do know that they are going to be having a sale this week where everything is 20 percent off um if you use the code vacay and so um yeah, so if you're listening to this now, definitely click over um, and uh, and check it out. Also, they have this stuff at um, Targets, although I've heard they might be phasing it out. So, um, so anyways, lots of, you know, just fun, just with my nails, which sounds super frivolous, but I'm kind of loving it. The other way that I'm sort of uh, investing in myself is I took a, um, a wardrobe class um, from Fashion Fix. Um, I've, I've t- definitely talked about this before, this Instagram account called Fashion Fix MN, which is Minnesota. And I will put, again, a link in the show notes. And this woman, Lindsay, who is also a Stitch Fix stylist, has so much information about how to dress. And what I find super refreshing is that she is, she's in her like late 30s. She actually, she's an apple shape, wears like a size 18. So it's not a skinny mini kind of, um, you know, fashion blogger type thing. She's very, she's a young mom. So she's got little kids, very realistic kind of clothes that you can picture yourself wearing. She also, if you live local to her, she will go to Goodwill and do a whole shopping trip for you. Like teach you how to buy from Goodwill, which I think is really fun. I've talked about her before. I have learned so much from her, just from her Instagram stories, go through her stories. Like even if, um, she has a, a whole thing where she'll try on t-shirts from different places and tell you these are the words you want to look for when you buy a t-shirt this is these are the details you're looking for this is why you need to have these different colors and basics in your closet and and she has what's called a wardrobe essentials checklist um, that's free to kind of make sure that you have all the basics in your wardrobe so that you can mix and match and um, I've, I've really enjoyed learning from her so I paid for um, uh, I think it's called the wardrobe essentials class. I'm not actually sure. I'll put a link in the show notes. I'm not sure when she's running the next one. It was very affordable. I think it was like 25 or $35. I opted to just do the replay version. You can do the live version where you can ask questions and she actually has more, um, kind of handouts for the people who pay, I don't know, the extra 15 or $20 to be live, but it never works for me live. So I just did the replay and learned a ton And so now I'm trying to um, figure out ways to round out my wardrobe to help me dress a little bit better. Um, I have this problem that in terms of pants is all I have is jeans. (laughs) I saw some sort of a a meme in the middle of the pandemic where said, said like, for those of you who are still wearing jeans, what are you trying to prove? (laughs) I'm just like, I'm not trying to prove anything. It's the only pants I have. I don't even own sweatpants. And so, um, at least I I own like those, you know, kind of nylon yoga pants, but I don't want to wear those all day. They, they are kind of sweaty. So, um, I have been trying to round out my wardrobe with some cooler clothes with some cotton pants, um, and kind of cropped pants. And I'm just, I've been having trouble finding what I like, but I actually have to try on. I ordered, um, some linen 
olive green um, cropped pants from just from Amazon, which I think will be good. So what she would want you to have is like some dark wash jeans and a couple pairs of cotton pants and then some in terms of bottoms and then some shorts. Um, so we'll see if I can fill in with those those um, olive green cotton pants and you try those on today. Um, and I also discovered Old Navy linen shorts. Now I actually have not really worn shorts for probably the last few summers just because I need to lose some weight and I just don't like the way I'm older. I don't like the way my legs look. And I think actually following her channel or her account, I've just decided, you know what? I don't care. People are just gonna have to look at my legs. Now I don't often wear them like to stores and stuff, but at least at home, um, it's just, it's so much cooler. I'm so tired of being hot. So I actually have um, black, a uh, uh, linen neutral, and some olive green um, shorts from Old Navy. Very affordable. And I, I, have, I have nothing but good things to say about them. And they're all kind of on clearance right now. for So you can get them for like between $10 and $15. And so I, I definitely recommend that. Um, and I've actually got some shirts coming from Nordstrom, a little bit pricier, um, but I'm just having trouble finding. I want some t-shirts, but I like something a little bit more than a t-shirt and how you dress up a t-shirt is with layers, which is the last thing that I want right now. Um, so I've found just a, a couple, um, like a linen t-shirt, which makes it a little bit special. And then um, just another kind of short sleeve blouse that I can wear. And so I'm, I'm hoping those will work out. But what she teaches you, oh no, and also um, I just bought a new dress and it was the funniest story that I have to tell you because I was, I was at Costco returning clothes that didn't work out. Um, and there's this woman ahead of me in line and she, I'm looking at her from behind and she's tall. She's wearing this very cute Navy summer dress, but it's long, it's like mid calf, but it's sleeveless. And she's got short or, you know, shoulder length, kind of gray blonde hair, which is from behind. I'm like, that could be me. And I love that dress on her. So I told her, I love your dress. And so we got in this whole conversation, how she bought it from Kohl's and that it's Chaps brand and they're phasing out Chaps. So if I want one, I better get it now because they're not going to be around. So I literally got together where I'm on my phone, I'm looking it up and they don't have navy anymore. They only have red. She's like, I'm going to order the red one when I get home. <laughs> and so did I. So I'm wearing that red dress right now and it is so cool um, and flattering. And I would, if they had it in a hundred colors, I'd buy it in a hundred colors. I'm just so sad that I couldn't get the navy one. Um, so that's, you know, having a couple good dresses is helping me feel out my wardrobe and part of the reason I'm thinking about this is because we're going on vacation in a couple weeks and Lindsay from Fashion Fix has videos little Instagram stories um, on how to pack for vacations and like if you were going for a week she teaches you to not pack outfits but pack categories and if you have built a good wardrobe where everything kind of goes together then you're just like okay you're just going to need bring one pair of jeans one pair of cotton pants a couple pairs of shorts you're going to need five shirts any of these are going to work bring bring a sweater that which is going to go with all of these things you know and I have I'm such a terrible packer so I really want to have all those essentials in my in my wardrobe so I can kind of uh, play with packing in that way because I'm definitely an outfit packer and um, and then I pack too many outfits because I'm always worried you know if, if something doesn't happen and I think also if you're sort of not happy with how you look in clothes 
you tend to pack more because you're just like, well, what if that does, I don't like how that looks that day. So, so anyways, fashion fix, talked about her before. Um, one of these days I am going to do, um, a, a consultation with her where you can just basically walk her through your closet and how, and she can help you figure out, um, what you're missing, why, you know, what your personal style is and what are some, some things that are, that are gonna, you can fill in to really make you happy with your wardrobe. So, so that's, what's kind of going on there. But before I close, I did want to thank a reviewer. Busy Mama left such a wonderful review on um, Apple Podcasts. Um, and it was just really fun for me to read because she was saying how she doesn't usually like podcasts because when she's got some spare time, she doesn't necessarily um, need more voices in her ears. And I do totally get that. Um, sometimes I think I don't spend enough time in silence with my own thoughts thinking original things but um she then went on to say how she was really enjoying the podcast and she gave a very nice review so thank you so much busy mama for that and i encourage any of you have not left a a review it really helps other people find the podcast and you know i honestly just really like reading them so um i hope you guys are having a wonderful day and i will see you next time as always, you can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Every Day, which is where you will get all the show notes on Instagram as Kristen Esser. And please consider joining the Simple Handmade Every Day private Facebook group so that we can keep the conversation going. Have a wonderful day.